Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. on the ice. We're taking a look at the weather this evening. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning with snow starting around midnight. That will then move to freezing rain. So the question is exactly how icy will these roads be on the morning commute? Does the snow coming beforehand help out? Well, the temperatures are at freezing or below freezing. Does that mean that it sticks and gets slick? And then the roads are cold, so the rain that falls turns to ice once it hits the roadways. That's a bad commute. That's a bad commute. Thus, we have our eyes on it. The WIBC News team will be on it throughout the evening. And Matt Baer, he will be on it tomorrow morning for you. Guaranteed or your money back. That's right. This radio stuff is free because of our fine advertisers. Don't forget to support them. Also, man, this conversation is still going on about the blue line and how uh, the the communist member of the city county council, Jesse Brown, stepped in it with his uh, smack talking of uh, uh, the pizzeria Giacomo's, which we were going to order from on Friday, but there was snow on the ground. There weren't many people in the office. We couldn't send anybody to get it. They don't do delivery. Um. So are we going today, Producer Carl? Are we sending people out today? Is that getting done? Or are we waiting for tomorrow? Or are we That's doing it hope. today? We're, wait, we are or we're not? That's the hope. Oh, the hope is we're going today. Okay. Because I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready. Uh, there was an article and then somehow Giacomo's Pizza is opposed to the to the blue line. I think I'm, I'm covering the story correctly. And it was this post from this, this communist. Uh, I'll never step foot in there again. You're an elected official. It's a business you you disagree with them okay you don't have to step foot in there is it really for the elected official to be posting such a thing control your emotions jesse i'm sorry counselor (laughs) you voted for him indianapolis Bob bosley the president of the indianapolis city county council wrote him a thousand dollar check that's how i've seen it i mean you you wrote a commie a check it's all yours, Democrat. And so we brought it up. Hey, we're going to support Giacomo's. They have a different position on the blue line. And this is a conversation about dedicated bus lines. Of course, I oppose all of this in that buses don't do the job. Bus is a 20th century solution to a 21st century problem. And these dedicated bus lines, remember, they're not electric buses. That was all lie. They're Chinese made. They now use uh, a diesel it, 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 it's valueless. Nobody uses the red line. There is no real ridership. Now we're going to believe a blue line? You're going to destroy Washington. Uh, you're going to make traffic extremely difficult. Which is, of course, the plan. You start learning about and reading about traffic calming. And then you start learning about Vision Zero. Oh, dear Lord. 
They are, if, if anybody in Indianapolis is discussing Vision Zero, Vision Zero comes out of Sweden, and it's the objective to, to eliminate 100% of car uh, deaths, of car accidents. If I, I, Tony Katz, right now could eliminate car accidents in Indianapolis after 5 p.m. by not allowing anybody to drive a car after 5 p.m., and if you do, you get shot in the head. I could eliminate car accidents just by that. This is, well, I don't know if they're for the shooting in the head. I don't know. I guess you have to ask. Well, they're communists, so eventually that's where they get to. But uh, this is what they favor. They favor the elimination of vehicles. All this traffic calming nonsense, that's what they call it. It's a terrible, disgusting name. It's about the elimination of vehicles on the roads. Then there are conversations and questions about whether or not these things are going to save lives because pedestrians and bicyclists get hit. And I'm not saying that they don't. I am saying that if even if we look at things like speed bumps, there is data that it, it's, it's been a little hard for me to find. But I'm starting to collect. What do speed bumps do to, let's say, ambulances or, or, or fire trucks in getting to the place they need to be? How much time is delayed? Well, it's just seconds. Well, are you sure that just seconds isn't the thing that matters most when someone's having a heart attack? Or you're willing to trade that life for that life? Thomas Sowell was correct. Uh, there, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. But in this blue line conversation, this has become a subject about dedicated bus lines and whether or not the state can take away the, the, the possibility of utilizing a dedicated lane, not line, a dedicated lane uh, for a bus. Does the state have this right? Originally, I thought No. But now I'm looking at uh, speed limits in the state of Indiana, and I'm asking questions. I'm going to need some legal help on this. I'll get to this at 8.35. Tune in then. Tony Katz, that's me, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Google, people. To the mystery. Who in the world is buying all that land in Southeast Fort Wayne? Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB, personally at Gary Dick, G E R R Y, at Gary Dick on the Twitter box right there. $850 million worth of investment going to grow into the billions. When did this start? Where are we at? Where are we going? Well, the big news, as you say, Tony, came out last week. You know, this actually started uh, several months ago, mid to late uh, last year, when uh, Fort Wayne officials uh, went before uh, various commissions in uh, in Allen County to uh, request uh, some incentive money and, and various things for a what they termed a, a major project from a Fortune 100 company. They kept the name uh, under wraps until last week. It's not a Fortune 100; it's a Fortune 10 
company uh, in Google. So a huge name uh, for a data center in uh, in Fort Wayne. As you mentioned, initially eight hundred and forty some million dollar investment, uh, but over time, uh, you know, I'm being told it, it would likely uh, be in the three to four billion dollar mark in terms of investment over over the next decade to build a campus essentially uh, in Fort Wayne, a data center, uh, center campus there. This this data center, uh, it, it does it. Do they describe what particular use it is for Google? Is this just storage uh, in terms of like what they do with YouTube and all the videos they hold, all the search they do? Or is there a specific reason for this facility? Yeah, I think it's just it's just the mass amount of data that uh, that we all all use storage, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, things related to uh, data. You know, if you think about how connected we are now, everything from our you know, our mobile devices to our coffee pots to to uh, ring doorbells. You know, everything uh, is data driven, and that is driving this growth in data centers. And there are people who told me, Tony, as I called around a bit last week around the state of Indiana, that they really think that this propels Indiana into the data center sweepstakes, uh, if you will. When you have a company of the stature of Google making an investment in the state, as Indiana and other states go after these uh, these data centers, and there are a lot more, a lot of growth. I think it's just something like a $300 billion industry now. Virginia, by far, uh, far and away, is the tops in terms of the data center capital, if you will, 300 and some data centers in uh, in northern Virginia. But Indiana has made it known they do they do want to compete, and it really goes back to me. There was a, there was some legislation I think it was 2019 that was passed here that made Indiana more competitive when it comes more aggressive, I guess you should say, uh, when it comes to going after some of these data centers. And, and folks believe that that legislation that 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 made it uh, easier for Indiana to go after some of these companies uh, helped lead to the announcement from Google talking to gary dick from inside indiana business.com on twitter at iib i i look at this and i say this is more of the kind of thing we should be looking for as opposed to let's say when we made our bid for uh, amazon hq2 that massive massive amount of business that allegedly was going to come and you saw some states give up the the, the farm as you have uh, reported it uh, along with uh, uh, you know your your partners there at the indianapolis business journal the giveaway is a 10-year, 50% real property tax abatement on each building that would be constructed on the campus. This was unanimously approved by uh, the Common Council in Fort Wayne. Is this considered a gimme or a giveaway and, and the thing that maybe Hoosiers aren't good with? Well, you you have to take it deal by deal, uh, Tony. I think when you look at these incentive packages uh, uh, and everybody gives them, as a state, you have to make, I think, a decision. You're either going to compete for investment or you're not. And how much you give away, so so, so to speak, uh, is the question. Incentives are not always or rarely actually the most important things that companies look like uh, look at they're looking at, at at business climate regulations tax climate all those cost of living uh quality of life all those types of things ahead of, of of incentives but incentives are an important part of it and it always doesn't mean the highest uh incentive package wins if you look at the deal for the stellantis um samsung sdi deal those two big uh, electric vehicle battery plants in Kokomo that are coming there. 
uh, I believe the number was uh, uh, something like four or five times Michigan offered four or five times the incentive package that Indiana offered for that one, and Indiana won that massive investment there. So uh, I think you have to take them, you, you know, deal by deal and uh, understand that it's part of the process and uh, it's kind of a tricky, it can be a tricky, a tricky game to figure out how much to offer based on what you think you're going to get in return. And if you look at a name like Google, you look at what they're going to invest and likely uh, support jobs, support companies and others that would come along with it. Uh, I, I think the state felt as though it was worth the, uh, the package. The other part of this, Gary, that I, I personally like um, is that this isn't Indianapolis. This yep. is Fort Wayne. And this it goes along with a story that, that I certainly have been discussing over the last few years, and I believe that you're a believer in as well. When the state does better, the state does better. And when you have competition amongst these cities, when Indianapolis is forced to deal with the fact that Fort Wayne is there and Bloomington is there, and you know what's the possibility for Muncie? And can Gary finally start building itself up? Evansville, it's better for the state when some of these other cities outside of Indianapolis get the opportunity and forces Indianapolis and central Indiana to actually fight true or false. Yeah. yeah, You know, and it's an excellent point and I couldn't agree more uh, really. And, you know, for years you heard economists say Indianapolis, central Indiana can't continue to carry the whole load for the state of Indiana from an economic standpoint, from an economy standpoint. And you're beginning to see investment in other parts of the state. Some would argue not enough, but uh, you're certainly beginning to see it. The Fort Wayne example is a good when you look at New Carlisle and uh, the South Bend area getting a big, big electric vehicle uh, investment there. Kokomo, Terre Haute has had a big announcement that was uh, a couple of months ago uh, that would be uh, well over a billion dollars. So we're beginning to see that. And you mentioned Northwest Indiana and what we're beginning to see in Gary, where for the first time in over a decade, population is beginning to come back into uh, Northwest Indiana and they're beginning to see new jobs and investment uh, and companies. So it is a uh, long overdue and something I know, I know that a lot of people around the state uh, really like to see. Before I before I let you go, as you take a look at uh, Inside Indiana Business dot com, um, you see that in in this idea of growth, uh, they uh, you've got Allison Transmission with an eighty three million dollar military contract, which is certainly uh, uh, great. Um, but construction beginning at the Evansville Airport. We mm-hmm. talk airports often. We talk the need for international flights uh, coming in and out of, of Indianapolis more uh, nonstops as opposed to the connections that get made. And you take a look at a lot of flights out of Indianapolis lately. It seems that everything is, is a connection. I'm heading out to Vegas in, in March. Everything except Spirit Airlines and Southwest was a, a, a connection. Is this the seven and a half million dollar build? Uh, and and I only have like a, a minute or so. Yeah. Is this uh, business? Is this really going to work to business attraction? And is there a move in, on this on the part of the Indianapolis International Airport to start continuing? Or I should say to start continuing to really start in earnest getting those flights that are going to be nonstop across the nation and around the globe. Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think if you look at Indianapolis, I think that effort has been ongoing and continues to be uh, to attract nonstops. 
uh, around the country. Very important. I know that the airport, uh, the Indiana Chamber, Indy Chamber, and some others, IEDC, have been, uh, you know, really forced uh, forceful in that regard. As as it relates to Evansville, I can tell you I've done a number of stories down there. Business community really concerned about the lack of nonstops, in particular to markets like Chicago and Detroit. Uh, companies based in Evansville, uh, Old National Bank, uh, Barry Global, and some others, Toyota in Southwest Indiana. Real concern that a you know a, a company like Old National Bank, you know, they may get to where they're getting big enough. Who knows that they moved their headquarters uh, based on lack of nonstop flights, um, maybe among other riders. But anyway, it's a huge concern. Big improvements at the airport in Evansville, as you mentioned. This is the latest. Very important for business. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the Twitter Xbox at IIB. I appreciate you taking time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it, give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning, Philip. On the news, presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. on WIBC and WIBC.com. The Dow futures up 96. NASDAQ futures up 117. Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race, endorsing Donald Trump. And uh, I don't know, Trump was at least like, thank you, Ron DeSantis. That's so very nice to you. I won't call you Ron DeSanctimonious anymore. But Trump supporters are all just like angry and screaming and yelling. Maybe it's just the social media stuff. Maybe none, none of it helps. None of it works. The Trump supporter has to deal with the fact they now have to get Trump over the finish line. I got to assume he's going to be the nominee at this point. I don't know how Haley can do in New Hampshire and South Carolina. It would have to be huge turns of fortune in both places to make that happen and certainly to keep a donor class uh, spending. Everything is possible. I just don't think it's probable. Now you have to figure out how you get America to vote for, for Trump. Luckily, there are issues that we could discuss, whether it be the economy, whether it be the southern border, whether it be the state of war uh, that Biden has put us in. Absolutely true. The media is going to push January 6th and threat to democracy. Now you have to go out there and convince a suburban soccer mom. You figure out how to do it. And I w- I'm saying this and people are getting angry with me. I don't really give a good holy damn if you're angry with me. I don't care about that. You don't get to be angry with me because I bring up the, the, the proper argument. Trump was an emotional pick because he is getting screwed over. I wholeheartedly agree with you. But I think DeSantis would have been the easier lift over the finish line. All right. You didn't agree with me. That's fine. Where it's clearly, at least it looks this way, it's going to be Trump. Okay. Well, what's your plan to get him over the finish line? To yell at me because I'm not doing enough? You go do it. What are you talking about? We all have to fall in line. Says people who wouldn't fall in line if the nominee was DeSantis. I have to fall in line. I'm in line. I said I'd vote for him. 
You have to figure out how you're going to convince the suburban soccer mom. That's all I'm saying. I don't think you've even worked on that. I mean, I, I, it's, it seems obvious, but I can't wait to see the plan. It's about you. <laughs> you've got to do the work. Don't just look at me. That dog won't hunt. You made an emotional pick. Now you have to deal with it. But these aren't the only things going on. And by the way, Trump is such a better choice than Joe Biden. If it's, if indeed they keep Biden on the ticket, this is not a debate. And I can't imagine that anybody they put on the ticket would be somehow more centrist than Joe Biden. I think they'd be more left. But I want to get into two subjects, if I may. First, as I said, I would discuss about this blue line, uh, this rapid bus transit thing, bus rapid transit, whatever they call it, and how uh, there's a fight going on in Irvington because there are definitely businesses that don't want it and there are people who do want it. And the issue here is, can a bus have a dedicated lane? Well, this is how it was uh, put together and positioned and, and pushed to the federal government for funding and how it got the funding. Now you have Senator Aaron Freeman and others saying we shouldn't be dedicating lanes to buses. The people in favor of this very clearly want to get rid of cars on the road. They see cars as the enemy. One of these people putting out on on social media, um, they want to dedicate their remarks at a hearing to the four riders I've lost to traffic violence on Washington Street. Traffic violence. I mean, that's that's as leftist of a talking point as comes about. Car accidents are now traffic violence. The, the, the spin, the Marxist spin never stops. Um, they are in favor of removing cars from the road. That is obvious at this stage of the game. But the question is, can the state come in and tell Indianapolis, you can't use a lane solely for buses. It has to be used for both. Well, this goes to a conversation about no turn on red. When the no turn on red conversation happened and some people in the state house were like, I don't think Indianapolis can do this. I said, I don't know how the state tells the city they can't have an ordinance for no turn on red. I'm not sure how that works. Well, does that same kind of thought process apply to the state not being able to tell the city you can't have a lane for buses only? So I started asking the question, well, who sets these rules? And I started looking at uh, driving laws and came a, a, across a, a site, and, I, and so now I need the lawyers. There is no trick to how Indiana's absolute speed limits work. If the absolute speed limit is 50 miles an hour and you drive faster than that, you violated the law. Uh, this is from a site called drivinglaws.org. Indiana's absolute speed limits include... 15 miles an hour in alleyways, 30 miles an hour in urban districts, 25 miles an hour in residential districts, and it goes on from there. I am to assume that these standards of speed limits are set by the state, correct? So first, could a city change that, meaning could they make it faster? Could they make it slower? And if so, are there specific conditions to which they could? But if the state is the one that sets in an alleyway, it's this, and in a residential district, it's that, then we're saying that the state decides 
the laws, the rules, the regulations regarding traffic flow, regarding motor vehicles. If that's the case, can't they state that a lane cannot be used just for buses? I need the lawyers. Because if that's the case, because that's the way I took it, then I'm wrong about right turn on red. And the state can indeed have a say about right turn on red. If the state had a law saying no right turn on red, could a city decide we allow it? I would say no. So how is the opposite also not true? So I need, I need the lawyers on this. Because if you're going to make the argument, people are making the argument that the state can't get involved here. Well, let's make sure that's the case. Because if that's the case, now we've got another conversation to have. I may be opposed to the blue line, but that opposition has to come in another, another form. But I think the state does have a role to play here. And the argument is if you don't like what the state is doing, you vote for different people and uh, get them to change. That would, that would make more sense to me. But I need the lawyers. Here's number two. In uh, the General Assembly, House Bill 1002 passed by a vote of 83 to nothing. This was uh, the legislation, I believe it is, regarding a definition for anti-Semitism. That's what I believe it is. I'm, I'm correct. That's that's House Bill 1002. Um, it passed 83 to nothing. The problem is 17 people were excused from the vote, including Cherish Pryor, who I had on the show, Democrat, to discuss the legislation, where while she, in in quotes that were attributed to her at WIBC.com, she was engaged in a conversation about this might mean you can't criticize Israel. In my conversation, she said, well, we should have legislation about all and uh, about Islamophobia and other things. This is just what the Democrat Party does is what they did in protecting Ilhan Omar. And they tried to protect her by saying we will not accuse her of anti-Semitism. We will just be opposed to all discrimination. So it was a really a very strange thing, I, I think, for Charles Pryor to say, Representative Pryor. And then she didn't show up for the vote, didn't even put herself on the on the line about this and I want to talk to her about it why not vote against it but the vote against it from these 17 members I now want an answer to a question by saying that it should be a a level of protections for all and not just a definition of anti-semitism about Jews you're saying that all lives matter and we can put to rest black lives matter that is what you're saying and I would like to hear it from you And if it's not what you're saying, how do you square the circle? I'm going to continue to press this. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. In all the conversations about Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race, which is really going to dominate the news cycle, I have not talked much 
about Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, who is going after Trump for his cognitive ability because he confused Haley and uh, Nancy Pelosi. I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. You're going to question Trump's fitness. Okay. Even Biden is questioning Trump's mental fitness, which is, of course, hilarious. Insane. But does anybody believe this from Nikki Haley? We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Now, I know very little about Nikki Haley's history. I don't know anything about her childhood. I know that the people upset that she doesn't use her given name and uses the name Nikki, which she was given also as a baby and she grew up with, are ridiculous people. Oh, she doesn't use her real name. You sound crazy. You deserve all the derision you get. Pathetic, embarrassing, your children. Moronic children. On that, on that subject. But is anybody going to buy the story that Nikki Haley lived through oppression in the Deep South as a brown girl? Is, is anybody going to buy into this story? Is anybody going to say, oh my gosh, This makes me really connect to her. Playing the left's game is not good. Now, maybe she means it in a way of America is not this terrible, bigoted, racist place, which, of course, it's it's not. Tim Scott does an extremely good job of sharing uh, that that story, that reality and 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 issues and 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 what america is this is coming late and weird from nikki haley this is the way you win new hampshire go back to conversations uh, uh, about uh trump if you look recently, there have been multiple things. I mean, he claimed that Joe Biden was going to get us into World War II. I'm assuming he meant World War III. He said that he ran against President Obama. He never ran against President Obama. He says that I'm the one that kept security from, Jan- from the Capitol on January 6th. I was nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. So maybe this is an argument that helps and connects. And politically, I get. Brown girl in South Carolina? I... I don't know who this is going to attract. We'll discuss it on Tony Katz today at noon.